0: Today, there are 2 million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast.
1: This is the French-Canadian
0: Legacy Podcast. I am Jesse Marno, and welcome to our Christmas episode. Uh, We definitely did a Christmas episode last year. Actually, we went a couple of different weeks. Uh, So we thought we'd come back and do something, again, special for Christmas. And so what we decided to do was reach out uh, to some former guests, some guests we hope to have in the future, actually, um, and kind of talk about what their Christmas experiences were. So we got four people together, uh, different backgrounds. So I think it should be a really interesting conversation. So again, Merry Christmas to everybody. Welcome to our Christmas episode. Now, when Mike and I talked about the idea of having a Christmas episode, we discussed talking to a handful of people to get kind of different views on their Christmas traditions. And one of the things that was important to me is I wanted to make sure we spoke with people on both sides of the border to get Christmas stories. Well, it so happens that I'm very fortunate to know someone who has celebrated Christmas on both sides of the border. So joining us now, Natalie Hertie, the office manager of the Franco-American Center here in Manchester, New Hampshire, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hey, Jess, my pleasure.
0: All right, so before I we get
2: Christmas, I love talking about it.
0: <laughs> I like it. Cool. Before we get going, so far, probably should get a little back- background. Where are you from?
2: So I'm born in Shattayegh on the southwest shore of Montreal, and it's a Shattayegh thing. It's very important to per- to be precise about southwest shore. Uh, Got gotcha. Okay. <laughs> it's roughly about a, you know, you know, if you take the bus, or like or the car, whatever, it's about 25, 30 minutes to downtown. Um, So, yeah, actually, Chattagay is known for the Battle of Salaberry when the British and the Americans were going for independence. Yeah. And there's Colonel of Salaberry, a little quick history. Colonel Colonel de Salaberry, they, they were outmanned like 10 to 1 or something like that. So he dispersed his men around the forest. To make the American troops think that there were more than they really were, and they just skedaddled. So.
0: Awesome! That's a fun story. <laughs> there <laughs> we you, go. there you go. There you go. I like it. The Very little, cool. No.
2: The little I actually know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. At least you got something. Uh, no.
2: No.
0: Um, so where where do you where are you now? Then how long have you been here, and what brought you to that region?
2: Okay, so I now live in New Hampshire, and I'm actually in Litchfield, so not too far from Manchester, and um, been in the U.S. since 1996. My husband, Thomas, we were married, and at the time we were living in Toronto, his job, um, they were opening up a satellite office in Vermont, and they needed someone to run the regulatory affairs department. It was a medical device company. Gotcha. I, quite frankly, both Thomas and I, as much as we love Toronto as a city to visit, we did not enjoy living there. We're more smaller kind of town folk. Got married in September. In October of 1996, we'd move, we moved to Vermont and uh, lived in Vermont for three, four years, losing track. He wound up, we got his green card, and then, uh, and then we wound up moving to Framingham for a year. At that point, we had our eldest child and then we wanted a house because we were living in an apartment and uh, we wound up, somebody said, hey, check out Litchfield. It's growing, lots of great housing for affordable pricing. We fell in love with the area and we're like, okay. So now we've been in Litchfield. It was 20 years this July.
0: That's awesome. So about Christmas then, what did Christmas look like for you growing up?
2: Oh my gosh. It was a party, man. (laughs) You know, when you asked me to talk with you about this, obviously I started thinking about it. I was looking at some old pictures and the things that, so I'm born in the sixties. Okay. I'm 66. I was 1966. So we're talking about a very different attitude towards certain things in life.
0: Sure. And
2: let's just say I knew songs that a five and six year old should never (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. We partied. We saw our parents have a blast. The niece, the, the, the cousins, the young ones, we just like had the run of the house because the adults were partying on their side. We sang songs. We ate way too much. Um, and like we celebrated the Réveillon.
0: But I would like you to describe what the Réveillon is. Uh, we've yeah. talked about a little bit on the program. Definitely something my, my folks did, especially my mom growing up. We did yeah. it a couple times, even in my family. So what, what is that about? Yeah.
2: Well, so Réveillon is basically you celebrate Christmas at midnight when Christmas officially starts on from December 24th to the, so people would start beforehand, but we would go to midnight mass. And when we came back home, you know, mom always stayed behind because she was busy still cooking and sure. stuff. So dad took the kids. <laughs> and so we, when we come home, I can't imagine nowadays being able to handle eating tortillas at like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but we, you know, we'd eat all the good food and we'd open presents and then we'd go in the basement and we'd dance till three o'clock in the morning. And then the next morning we'd get up and we, I never understood the whole English thing where kids get up in the morning to open their presents because we were done.
0: Right. right. <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's over by became, then, Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, when I became a parent, I was like, man. It was great for us. The kids would wake up and play because they already had their toys and we could sleep in. There you go. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so we, uh, the next morning we'd get up and, you know, we do, we'd be getting ready because my mom and dad uh, hosted the Boucher. My maiden name is Boucher. Sure. uh, Hosted the Boucher Christmas party. So my dad's entire family came. And we would dance till the crack of dawn and sing and play games and, uh, um, yeah, so we just dance and, and I mean, grandma, grandpa came and, and I mean, the whole thing is like, when I moved into a more English environment, sure. um, I don't know if it's a difference between French, English or whatnot, but I was like, I found these, I found Christmases so tame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. you know, I mean, like we really like, I mean, we just danced all night. And we sang tons of songs. I know you. Uh, you're a fan of José Vachon, so Very a lot much. of what she sings. Whenever I hear her, I'm like I'm nine years old in my parents' basement at a party.
0: That's awesome. You know, les, awesome. les
2: chansons à répondre. Yeah. You know, we did that. I had an uncle who was great at calling for square dancing. We do the square dancing. Very fun. Um, you know, and then but the thing is. Christmas kept on going the whole week, you know, because the, you know we visit each other, uh, and then you got into New Year's Eve, so then we'd go to my dad's sister's place, and then it was a party all over again. That is and awesome. And then the next day, on New Year's Day, we went to my godmother's, who's on, which is on my mom's side of the family, which my mom was a bourgeois, and we had a New Year's Day party.
3: That's <laughs> so, awesome.
2: Thank God that we had till so the schools stay closed, and I believe, and, and um, people living in Quebec, if they hear this, maybe they can correct this, but as far as I know, schools in Quebec still stay closed until Epiphany, okay. so after New Year's, we had a four or five days to just chill and regroup re- before we got back.
0: To- some recovery time, sure.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, we that's were,
2: awesome. It we was just a lot. Celebration, you know? No. And, no. and it's funny, I was talking with my brother the other day because one of the things that was very popular too was La Back in, we're talking about the old row days of, you know, everybody lived, like had their farms and they were on a row kind of thing. Sure. So La would be that, let's say, whoever li- lived at the end of the line where the party was happening in the community, the first household would go to the next household. They'd get there, they'd have a little nosh, have a little drink, a little cheer, and then everybody from that household would combine with the one that went and go. Oh, to wow.
0: Household.
2: So basically, the first people to start this, by the time they got to the host house, they were trashed.
0: You're lit, yep.
2: <laughs> the whole time, right?
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So,
2: <laughs> but now I know, so I was talking to my brother the other day, it was his birthday, and he, if somebody came to the door. And he goes, oh, c'est la guignolée. And I'm like, do they still do that? <laughs> he goes, oh, he goes, now it's, it's, they do that to raise money for charities. Ah, but, I got you. They go, it's kind of like uh, people who go uh, sing Christmas carols, you know, sure. they go to the door and sing, so that kind of idea. But uh, but yeah, that's that's basically what I grew up with. I mean, for the first like 15 years of my life, that's how it And then people started getting older and things changed and my you know my parents just but you know also our our family my brothers had gotten married they had kids so just us alone we were like 15 people so we sure. Sure. To have our own little thing so all right that's, that's historically that's how my family celebrated christmas <laughs>
0: gotcha so what does christmas look like for you and your family now and what have you taken from that yeah. time till now
2: well the food definitely taken the food gotcha uh,
0: <laughs> That's so, a good answer.
2: So Thomas is German, and so I'm French-Canadian, and we have combined the two. Growing up, and again, I know there's very, this is where I think I see a lot of differences between this side of the border for Franco's and me, growing yep. up, like I'm after the, the revolution tranquille when Quebec sure. became very non, non-secular. Yep. Um, so we never celebrated the events growing up, when I was growing up, but it's a huge part of the German tradition. So like today, by the way, happy third event. So we do the Germanic tradition, uh, which you got to love this tradition. You light candles, listen to music, eat cookies and chocolates. So uh, so that's one of the things we do. We definitely celebrate the event. And so my first part of my Christmas baking is all the German treat. And then Christmas Eve, that's when the Germans traditionally do meal and the big fancy. So we actually dress up and we have just the five of us because I have three kids. And we have a really nice, I always make a nice family meal. And, but then now, especially now my kids are like 22, 19 and 16. We stay up and when midnight hits, now we're into the French Canadian tradition and there's opening of some presents. We do half and half, but, and I, like I said, I can't handle tortillard at midnight. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know how they did that, but I can't, I'm a wimp, but we'll have like little snacks, something nice. And then the next day it's the traditional Christmas dinner. Uh, so it's tortillard. If it's just the five of us, I might not, I might not go all out like which I don't know if you know what that is. I don't. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's so here's the thing, dragout, dragout pat and tortière it's exactly the same meat base at least in okay. my family. Okay. Yep. But yep. the meat the dragout pat it's meatballs and oh, a brown wow. sauce and then you also put my um, uh, uh, pat de cochon um, pig's knuckle meat is there. Wow. Wow. Which sounds awesome. It, it's really good. And of course, you know, the brown gravy and all right. that. So with boiled potatoes. So that I'll make when my family would come. Like some there's times my family from, from Montreal would come and I sure. would make them. But anyway, so it'll be, you know, the potatoes with whatever else and the uh, and the tortillard and bûche de Noël for dessert. Succa creme, which if somebody doesn't know what succa creme is, it's... Uh, yeah. I, I translated it as creamed sugar, which is exactly what it is yeah (laughs) Um, you know and just that kind of stuff we play games and uh, I mean like I said there's just the five of us it's very low-key we don't travel to Montreal anymore because at this time of year you never know we've had too many close calls with bad weather so now we stay local that's it it's very very relaxed definitely a different atmosphere than what I grew up with and sometimes I miss the chaos of the big groups but I guess that's that's normal as you move away from family you know our, our kids do enjoy like we talk about it and they're like they've enjoyed when we've gone to see the cousins, but they they're so used to now being quiet at home with mom and dad and watching movies eating you know, cookies and uh, sure. all that stuff and the decorating of all this stuff that this is what they know. And this is, and as I get older, I'm enjoying the quiet. too. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you, like that generation, man, they were tough partiers. They could take it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, yeah, I know. My mom's talking about like, because uh, when she was growing, they still did the, the, the entire soiree thing. Well, all the furniture would be moved to the side oh, yeah. and somebody would take out the fiddle. Somebody would take out a, yep. somebody knew how to play the piano and yep. somebody played the guitar and you have yep. music and, and the that's kids would exactly kind of be. That's
2: what it was like, you know.
0: Awesome. And, and the kids yeah. were kind of, you were sent to the, to the, did you get sent to the kitchen? Oh, like
2: yeah,
0: all the, no. No, no. See, so all the other kids, they <laughs> all said, like, they would sent to the kitchen so the adults to oh, no, have their we party. And the, oh, kitchen, that's awesome. If, that sounds like, a, see, that's cool, man. That's the type of family memories. That's great. No, that's very, and very cool.
2: I, I was thinking, you know, as you're saying that, you know, like pushing the, the, the furniture, I remember one year there was a pretty bad snowstorm. And so most of the family, you know, extended family had to stay overnight. And my ha- my parents' house was very, very simple. And it's just the, what you think of when you think of the older style, where the kitchen is the, the nerve center of the house. room sure, sure. <laughs> is very small, but the kitchen is big enough. So... I remember, I and I don't think I was more than six, maybe seven years old, but I remember this one clearly that everybody stayed, all the cousins, I think the aunts and uncles wound up founding, finding a motel, but the younger, you know, the cousins stayed. And I remember my, you know, they pushed the the the, the kitchen table out of the way or wherever they put it, but everybody was kind of like a, a circle. Like if you imagine like the spokes of a wheel sure. and set up. And I remember, and the, I'm the youngest of the family, like the entire family, and wow. uh, even extended. I'm the last of my generation, you know, and, uh, but I remember getting up and playing leapfrog over everybody's sleep, and That's I awesome. remember it clear as day, and I remember, because some of them were, like, probably 17, 18, and they were, like, drunk they're toasted very (laughs) (laughs) soundly.
0: that's really fun
2: it was a lot of fun you know the i love the magic of where we lived in Chattagay we went to uh Eglise Saint Joachim which is actually a historical building in uh it's registered it says Saint uh, Joachim I guess is how you would say it in English and um we it was this the, again set up in the, the style where you had the church and the abbey and all that side by side right sure. next to the uh the river the shadegate river in our case i loved walking in the winter to and from the church and especially at midnight mass because if it was snowing this is like the magical snow globe look because you would cross yeah. the bridge and you had the river and the twinkling lights everywhere i mean It was very magical.
0: (laughs) No, that's awesome. That's a very, very fun story. Well, thank Natalie. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Uh, Something I mentioned in past episodes is how much Mike and I appreciate when we get suggestions for guests that we should have on the show. And one recommendation I've heard on more than a couple of occasions is I needed to speak with the host of the L.A. Creole show because this show is amazing and really doing great things. So while I do plan to do a full episode about that program, I figured having a Creole perspective on Christmas would probably be a fun addition to this program. So joining us now, long overdue, the host the L.A. Creole Show. Talib Auguste. How did
3: I do with the pronunciation? Uh, French, great. English, not so much. <laughs> August. Okay, I'll well, take it. I'll, Talib, well, thank you for joining us there. Thank you for um, having me.
0: Now, so since this is the first time we've had you on the podcast, I think we probably should give at least a little bit of background. So what is the L.A. Creole Show? What is it about? Why'd you start it? What do you talk about? I kind of
3: thought. L.A. Creole Show is a show based in Louisiana just for the the community itself, Uh, French-speaking, Creole-speaking, Native American, just the community itself in order to show people that, hey, we do have young people who speak these languages still and who are actually very motivated and that the language is growing within itself. And that was my main reason for starting it because I really haven't seen a lot of young people talking and speaking in by myself, I have about five friends who speak with me, and that's that's quite small.
0: Sure. Yeah, so this, this show is not in English.
3: Not in English.
0: That's awesome. And so what is the format of the show then?
3: The format of the show is basically a conversation. I sit down with somebody, have like guide questions, and after the first question, we usually get off topic. <laughs> that's <laughs> terrific. Well, awesome.
0: Again, I look forward to talking more about this, but um, we've talked quite a bit. On this program and with other guests, uh, especially our Christmas episode we did last year about, uh, you know, what French Canadians do or what Franco-Americans do around Christmas time. I have to confess, I don't know anything at all about what you guys do in Louisiana around Christmas time. So what are some traditional Christmas, I don't know, things that you guys do, some traditions that are common down
3: in L.A.? Well, it's quite funny because Christmas in itself in Louisiana even though Louisiana was one of the first states to um, have Christmas as a state holiday in 1838, I believe, uh, it wasn't really as big as you would think, because most people actually exchanged gifts around New Year's Eve, okay. and that's the Catholicism and all that. And for for especially my family, Christmas didn't really become Christmas until television came. So my grandmother was like the first people who um, actually did the Christmas stuff. So you'll see today that we still have bonfires like in St. James that has been here since eighteen since the eighteen hundreds. Awesome. Um now in now in Lafayette you have Newell or uh, I believe it's Newell or uh, Cajun Village and they do this it's it's kind of weird. I haven't really been there a long it's been a long time <laughs> since I've been. But it's it's not all in French, but um sometimes they do have a lot of stuff in French and it's mostly for like the kids. Um, when it comes to at home, you basically, a regular um, American Christmas, uh, sit down, you have fun with family, you speak, eat, and you just have a good time. Um, but you do have Zydeco. Zydeco has to be there. <laughs> That's <another> awesome. Thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I will say, yeah, you don't get a lot of Zydeco in our Christmas up here in New England, I have to confess. But yeah, it sounds like a good time down there. Now, we have some uh, foods that are very traditional for our christmas time specifically we have pork pie if you have a franco american family that gets together for christmas you're going to have some pork pie uh or torque or tortier depending on who you're talking to it's all the same thing is there any kind of traditional christmas slash holiday eats that are very common where you are
3: traditional um cornbread dressing that's one <laughs> that's and awesome right so different rice it's great. Dressing. rice dressing is another one um then you still have turkey, because a lot of us do still eat turkey on Christmas. That's awesome. And, um, you also have, some people have pumpkin pie, some people have apple pie, so you have those things, but, but gumbo, usually never there. Gumbo's not, not invited to the party on Christmas? On Christmas, not uh, not as much. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: All right, very fun. Now, another thing, again, that was super common among the French-Canadian immigrants, especially, um, and it lasted a while here in New England, It was the whole, uh, there was still a church role in the whole Christmas festivities, specifically the Midnight Mass was really important. How long, I mean, is the church, attending church still a thing among the population oh. down there, and what kind of role does that have in your celebrations?
3: So Louisiana is very, South Louisiana especially, is very much still Catholic. Gotcha. So since 1838 Christmas has mostly been a religious thing so my grandmother she still goes to French well actually she still does go to French mass going to mass on Christmas Eve and then actually going to Christmas (laughs) mass is something that we still do Um, so the celebration doesn't really happen until later that day and then still on New Year's Eve we also have that
0: that's very cool now are there still a lot of because I, I don't say I don't know is there still a lot of French churches down there
3: French churches not as much okay. one that one that I do know of is um Crowley um, and I actually done an episode with um, Paris Jason virine and he does French masses we actually are going to record one of those maybe That's... not maybe not for Christmas but after Christmas
0: for sure very fun all right cool yeah because in New Manchester anyway, there's no fully French church, but there is one church that's was a traditionally a French church that still offers a French mass every week. So no, that's cool that you still have the French church. So I gotta can't end without at least asking this question. Image that we have up here from somebody who's not, I mean, I've been to New Orleans. I've been to Baton Rouge. I cannot say I'm overly familiar with your, your area at all. I need to, I should know a lot more and I tend to learn a lot more than I do now. Uh, but when we think of you guys down there, you guys have the reputation of being a place that um, does not avoid a good party. Like You don't need an excuse to have a good party. So what do you guys do, uh, again, be I don't know at all, for New Year's?
3: Well, Mardi Gras is a thing. So, of course, we're going to have parades. Sure. Christmas parades, New Year's, New Year's parades, fireworks, all out with fireworks. Um, parties, sadly, you can't do parties in COVID, but right. we're going to find a way to do a party. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> and Zadiko Zod- and Cajun music, those two are always there.
0: Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining. This has been cool. Thank you for having me. And continuing on with our Christmas discussions, I thought it would be fun to get this story from a gentleman who currently resides, still you know, resides in Quebec, which is very cool. So joining us now is a friend of mine who I've been able to meet through this podcast Jean Philippe L'Etoile. Jean Philippe, thank you for joining us for this Christmas discussion.
4: All right, right, cool. So let's just let everybody know exactly where, where you are from in Quebec. Uh, okay, so I uh, I was born in a small village near the town of Actonville, which is in Montérégie, which is like uh, the center part of Quebec, sort uh, center western part of Quebec. And uh, now I'm in uh, near Drummondville, a small village near Drummondville. Uh, so it's in the south Quebec, so Quebec center, basically. So That's where I live. Actually, So your your background, anyway, growing up, is you're from pretty rural areas of Oh uh, yeah, my, my fo- Well, I I was. Uh, Basically raised on a farm, a cow farm. So yeah, up up until the age of uh, 12 years old, and then uh, well, we changed place for some reasons. And after that, uh, well, my my parents are coming from uh, workers in the mills mostly. So yeah, that uh, and I I would say that's the most usual uh, way to go in my region. So uh, we got a lot of those works uh, in Drummondville. And so I I went to study in the uh, bigger cities and now I'm a teacher. So it's very cool.
0: Now, so what then did Christmas look like in your house when you were growing up?
4: Largely depends on the families uh, because on one side, my, uh, my father's, uh, family, didn't celebrate much. We, uh, I, I mean, we went to my grandparents from time to time, but uh, they weren't this big uh, family kind of relation. Uh, uh, I would say big um, solidarity as we had in my on my mother's side. The Proup. Uh, well, uh, basically, we meet like ten times a year, whole uh, <laughs> family. So in Christmas time, especially, we're having. Well, a couple of parties. The first one being what we call the Réveillon de Noël, which is like a Christmas Eve, I think, the the, the day before Christmas. Basically, uh, every year, there's like six places in the family where we, we did those reunions. So, at, at one of their houses, and a lot of the people from the families coming like uh, after the Christmas Mass uh, that we go in the village where we celebrate the, the Réveillon. So, sure. we all go to all the families together and then we uh, celebrate christmas basically at uh, midnight <laughs> the, the first <laughs> minutes of christmas and we talk about everything uh, we, we, <laughs> we get along well, my, my family and my mother's side so we can easily have a hundred person together so uh, that's a big party uh, the réveillon is less popular than the the major cel- uh, celebration of the family but we still have like 60 to 75 person that's very normal to us so yeah you don't have the time to talk to everyone basically <laughs> sure
0: we've talked about it here um with people you know the rebellion and generally when we talk about it in the states anyway it's following midnight mass yep is that still the same thing uh in my family yes
4: gotcha and you're <laughs> saying 70 60, 70 people show up to this rebellion party yeah, uh, basically last year, which was probably last one because this year won't do it, of course, because of, course. of, uh, of the pandemic. But uh, last year was at my house. Yeah, I'm like the new generation because my, my parents used to do, uh, my, my parents are in the rotation of six people. And so <laughs> we bought my parents' house. That's a family house I bought. So uh, I, I told my mother, hey, can I join in? And yeah, well, do it, kid. And my two aunts are living, like, uh, they are neighbors from me. So uh, they, they, they came here to help me, to, to get me, li- like, you need to do those kind Kind of foods because people the family loves those i'll do these uh, and uh, they basically coach me because we need new people to take this generation in our family and our family knows it so we've got like this process of adding new uh, new families to the uh, and I, I love it it was very fun <laughs> now what are these mandatory foods that need to be oh. on the menu for you guys Yeah, of course, we have the tortilla, which is not, I would say, uh, the the pork pie that you have. It's pretty bland. uh, Honestly, (laughs) it's not my favorite. So it's like a pie with only uh, beef in it with some spices. So Mm -hmm. we're not specialists of pies in my family. But uh, (laughs) what is our specialty? We have bread. So home bread, where my grandmother used to make a very good bread using milk. uh, And uh, some of the members of family still are doing it the, the proper way. And they bring it and we love and we you throw each other and uh, of course it's not very um, I would say good for losing weight <laughs> yeah pretty f- f- a lot of fat in the, all of those food we also have what we call fudge which is like a small uh,
1: sure.
4: squares of chocolate you have this yeah it's <laughs> called it fudge in English too Yeah. okay so great and we have sucre à la crème it's counterpart so it's uh, like a sh- cream sugar so it's exactly the same but except from fudge it's like uh, sugar Basically, uh, raw sugar. So uh, that's very popular. My uh, my godmother, which is uh, my aunt uh, living next to me, is uh, the, the the expert in the family. So she brings like something for, I don't know, maybe 300 people. So we always oh, have wow. too much. That's one of the characteristics. Every time you do food, <laughs> you need to do too much of it. That's too very much, important. Too much yeah.
3: Food.
4: yeah, because uh, the, the idea behind it, it we can't uh, have a... A lack of food. We need to have enough food for the, and uh, we usually have a lot more, uh, too much than what we need to. So yeah. Other thing we uh, usually have, we have pain four, which is like uh, a kind of recipe we have. It's like, um, I'll say hot dog buns, small hot dog buns, not real side, Uh, the the bread cut. And we have like a mixture of beef, I would say some tomato sauce, some spices, and we make them grill in the oven. And that's very popular in my family. And we have a couple of these. uh, From time to time, uh, new meals are introduced in our uh, family reunion. Uh, I'd say some dessert as well. We have uh, like sugar pie, uh, blueberry pies, raspberry pies, those that you know. Uh, Tartoser, maybe you're not. uh, Egg pie, you know about this? No, not at all. So, that's, uh, I think, uh, uh, something that's exclusive to French Canadians. Uh, that's a kind, I'm not sure of the recipe, but uh, that's basically, we call it tartose. So, that's a, a kind of mixture with eggs. That's very good, actually. It seems like not that good. It's kind <laughs> of a yellow pie that looks like a uh, eggs. So, sure. you see it, and I said, that's a dessert. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Interesting. Now, that's cool. Now, so we get this party, we got 60, 70 people all mm-hmm. cramming into somebody's house. And it starts when everybody gets back from midnight mass, so we're talking middle of
4: the night when it starts. What time does this party go into? Uh we, we call them les vrais de vrais, so the true of the true, or they <laughs> close the party. Yeah. So I would say we usually see the sunrise. Cool. So yeah, that's seven o'clock, eight o'clock. Then we go we're tired as hell and uh, we, we go to bed and then we have Sometimes we have another party the next day, so we need to be because we uh, the next day usually we go in our uh, families because we uh, as I, uh, I go, I have also my wife family to visit. So sure. uh, that's the time where we go in small families. So every member of my family goes into their families, and then uh, and those reunion are pretty uh, simple. So you have a meal, small meal with a Christmas gift. and That's where when we open our Christmas presents most of the time, uh, and we're pretty happy in small families and. Then we go to the big party number two of the same family. So uh, that's where uh, when every member of the family is coming. So now we're talking more about uh, 150 to 200 people. Yeah. <laughs> All so in that's somebody... not in the house. No. How, do fit, how do you fit that in the house? Uh, we basically, lo- no, it's not in the house. It's we uh, basically loan some uh, kind of uh, places. So you rent, uh, you rent a rent, venue. Right, exactly, sorry. So uh, we rent a place. Uh, we have a place in my village, which is very popular. My village is called WeCam. So we, re- we usually rent the uh, Sound Comnota. It's like commentary, uh, commentary center. Community so, center, sure. Community center, exactly. So that's the place we rent, and we fill it up pretty much. And we uh, usually buy some kind of tretar, uh, we call them. It's like people that does a big Christmas meal with tortillas. Regout de pâte, do you know? It's like... Um, pork feet uh stew it's weird okay. uh, that's kind of uh i'm not sure there's real pork feet in them but it's <laughs> a pork kind of stew i'm not sure of the recipe that's pretty good a lot of potatoes of course mashed potatoes mostly turkey we uh, either brown or white we have this distinction and everyone loves its, its, its favorite one and uh, that's mostly the big face and that's the place where you need and that's Hilarious. My wife, when she entered the family, when we started uh, dating, uh, she, she was pretty confused because, see, all of these people, I, said, I need to remember the name of everyone in there. Oh, yeah. So, sure. Yeah, you have around 10 years, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and now my wife's getting pretty good. We're, we've been together for like somewhere around 14 years. Wow! So, so she she's pretty good at it. But we, that what we love as a family is that when we have a new, uh, let's say, girlfriend, boyfriend, of someone in the family, oh, you're the lucky one that has to uh, to to remember all those names. You give them, them a hard time. No, that's awesome. Now and
0: you got two little guys. Yep. So, how old does a little guy have to be before they get to participate in uh, the reveillon?
4: A few days. It's more about <laughs> the mother, not the kids. <laughs> No, uh, really, uh, the, the kids are having a great time there. Uh, like my uh, older one is uh, four years old and uh, you got plenty of cousins to play with because now the family's pretty wide. Uh, so we have a lot of these, uh, like my, my cousin's uh, sons, daughters. So uh, I, I have 45 direct cousins in this family. <laughs> I have 14 aunts and uh uh, what's the masculine bit? uncle uncle exactly Uncle, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah so yeah there's a lot of person that's a crazy.
0: lot 45 cousins is a lot of cousins
4: yeah yeah uh i i i, I sometimes mistake them uh the old the eldest <laughs> mostly, because they're uh we have we have like two or three generations in the cousins. so that's pretty weird to to so we have like our kind of Age cousins that we sure. usually hang with but uh yeah that, that, that's pretty fun for the kids too the small one of course we we usually carry it in but now he's he's been able to walk that that's a, a problem this year because we don't have it but you probably have a great time like uh, <laughs> running all around and we need to find it that's pretty fun
0: that's awesome all right well i gotta ask one more thing because i'm curious about music
4: yep is music invited to the party here um it used to be when i was younger But there were uh, only a few members of the family that uh, plays it, Uh, and they usually do. But the fun fact is that they don't play it in uh, Christmas. Uh, We we had one of my uncles playing pretty good guitar, and they played a a few songs. But it's not about traditional instruments, though. My family like violin and those things. Sure. Uh, now probably we're not a family of musicians so but I know of some families which uh, they are doing it but uh, to us we mostly put a uh, kind of big radio with speakers and we uh, put sure. traditional Christmas French Canadian Christmas songs mostly
0: Gotcha. so some people are still doing the pull out the fiddle and have a good time just not your family
4: yeah and uh, but uh it, uh, it's it's rarer and rarer to see big families as i do and i'm guess uh, that's pretty normal i only have two kids my parents had three so uh, nobody sure. will do as my grandmother who had 16 of them wow. <laughs> Sixteen is two, a lot, two yeah. has been dead since but yeah, that's yeah
0: wow that's nuts all right cool this is a pretty fun story a little bit different than my christmas so <laughs> thank oh. you definitely <laughs> i appreciate it sir you're welcome Our guest right now is a guest we have had on the show before. Uh, Those who are regular listeners to the podcast know it's somebody I've referenced quite a bit in the podcast. I've said it before about him. I'll now say it to him. He is, in my opinion, the greatest Franco-American storyteller we have, and he's the author of the Franco-American Life and Culture in Manchester, New Hampshire book, Robert Perrault. Thank you for joining us. Couldn't do a story episode about Christmas without you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure.
0: Now, obviously, you grew up uh, in Manchester in the Franco-American yep. family, and I know right.
1: I know you got some stories. I do, I do. I will go back to when I was four years old. That's the first Christmas that I recall. Uncle Gus, for Manchester people and New Hampshire people who remember sure. Uncle Gus, well, be, before he was Uncle Gus, he was Santa Claus. on Santa's workshop. So that's kind of how I got to know Santa Claus. And plus, my mother had brought me to Sears Roebuck to see the Santa Claus there. So pretty much at four years old, I didn't make too much of a differentiation (laughs) between the two. So that was cool. And um, on Christmas Day, we went to my uncle's. That was Monon Gérald, Gérald Robert, who later became president of the ACA. Very nice. And of course, this was my mother's brother, and on that side of the family, my grandparents, uncles, and aunts, and all that, it was always in French. Everything was in French. There was sure. nothing in English whatsoever. Unlike my father's side of the family, which they all spoke French, but they tended to speak more English and all that. Gotcha. So here we are, Christmas Day. I'm four years old, and you know the families. You know, we're at my uncle uh, Monong my aunt Rachel, and at some point, the doorbell rings. And Matan Rachel goes to the door, and who comes in but Le Père Noël? Of course, Santa- <laughs> right. And I'm looking at him, and it's like, it's funny because I don't remember that um, the other Santa Claus, which I thought was the same Santa Claus, <laughs> right. wore, he was wearing a mask. He had like a, <laughs> of this, I don't know if it was plastic or rubber, you know, or whatever it was, and the the beard and the hair were sure. like. like part of the rubber or the plastic or whatever it was. Anyway, and then he started speaking French.
0: Oh, gotcha. I thought, that was not the Seer Santa Claus, that's, right?
1: That's not, no. And then to me, there's only one, you're four years old. Sure. There's only one Santa Claus and he's speaking French. And I thought, oh, this is different. Anyway, so he distributes the gifts. He gives me all the gifts and all this stuff. And then at one point I noticed, I looked down at his boots and I said, Hey, you got you're wearing Monon Gerard's boots. <laughs> and everybody sure. starts laughing. And it's like, oh boy, they're thinking I'm I'm catching on to this, <laughs> That's know, it. Like, w- what it is. But he left and you know, I'm four years old, kind of naive. And um later on they used to tell me this story about myself, and of course I remembered it. They sure. said, Yeah, that was Monon Gerard, but you were still too young and innocent <laughs> to uh, you know, to get it. So so that was a story that's that's one little story of the first I like that I, re- sure. I, I remember and then um let's fast forward a few years and we had this old uh aunt she was actually my grandmother's uh sister younger sister who um she was a firecracker of an old lady she would tell jokes and she was always laughing and the whole thing so one day you know she's telling us this joke um about a milkman who's really ugly, okay. And the French <laughs> okay. word, remember, this is all in French now. Sure, yep. The French word for ugly is le okay, okay. that's gotcha. the standard French word, except that French Canadians and Franco Americans in some regions they pronounce it la, it's rather than le, it's la.
0: Gotcha,
1: okay. So he's a milkman. Well, milk. Is also le the le. same word? Only in in uh, the ugly is spelled uh, l a i d, and the and uh, milk is spelled l a i t. But the pronunciation is still la and the Canadians in some cases will pronounce it la as well. Gotcha. So when you know you know in in the old days when they used to deliver milk, the milkman would come and uh, like in the summer you didn't want the milk to go sour, so sure. you. you take it in right away and in the winter you didn't want it to freeze so because uh, they put it outside or on the porch or whatever they'd have sure. these special boxes or whatever so they deliver the milk that way and my aunt says well this milkman he'd hear people go vla, vla, la. you know and the people what they're saying is mm-hmm. you know here's the milk here's the you, know, bill, right. in, you know and he's thinking because he, he knows he's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so blah, blah, he's all upset one of them, right yeah, which isn't sure. even the truth anyway <laughs> so 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 there's that joke okay sure yeah now that same year at around christmas time i was a cub scout and so we had a cub scout christmas party and they gave out to, little gifts to everybody and i got a few of these little finger puppets okay <laughs> all right sure and one of the little finger puppets was this little man and when my great aunt saw him, she looks at him and she says, "Vlala." <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's an ugly puppet, sure. Ugly,
1: ugly <laughs> puppet, you know. So that became a joke in the in the family. Vlala, and we called him like his name. We called him Vlala. Gotcha. All right. So my mother gets this bright idea. So here we are, Christmas. and Everybody's opening their gifts and stuff, and. You know, somebody gave her what she thought was this little box, you know, with jewelry in it. She opens it up. and She goes... <laughs> she was, wrapped in cotton, you know, real nice and all this stuff. So everybody... Got sure. A ...joke out of this, right? So then what happens is, fast forward to the next Christmas and somebody else got... Vrana. Of course. You know, Hey, let's do this again. We got a good laugh. So here was voila. And so it just, kept, it just kept going and going and going until um, my wife and I got married. And uh, in, in our, you know, younger years of, of being married, some of the, well, the old grandparents had died. And, all sure. that, and they were part of that whole deal. And um, so what was left basically was my parents and they were old and my sure. my uncle, so Gerald. <laughs> You know, we kept doing it there. And I remember my father, I remember I said my father's side of the family, they all spoke French, but they they knew how to speak French, but they tended to be more English and all sure. you know, speaking yep. English. And all. That. So they gave it, we gave it to my father. He didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he was together, not impressed like, with like, this. <laughs> you know, it, it, this this joke, blooded out, never would have worked with his side of the family, and he proved it right there and all that kind of stuff. So eventually, Monong had died, and my parents died, and all this. And so my wife and I just kind of kept it. And I mean, our son knew about it and stuff. But you know, it, it's not the same with the little kids. And now he's he's a father, and he's married, and he's got grandchildren, so they know about it. And so you know we still keep them, but uh, you know he has like this, this um, this little house. <laughs> you know, that my, my mother okay. made. Him, you know. All right. Yeah. And, you know, you well, can put them in, and you can hang them up, you know, in the tree if you want. <laughs>
0: well, like why, this. Why wouldn't but, you? Right. Yeah.
1: What?
0: So why wouldn't you? Of course.
1: Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and and what I what I wanted to say was, vla. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is an ugly that is an ugly figure puppet. All right,
1: yeah, look at that. I got him in 1960. He's 60 he's, years old, and he's still
0: know? hanging around. He's and still he's getting he's Still laughs. hanging
1: around. So now what you can do is you know you, you put him in here, and oh. there he is. And he can go in the tree. But what that's my, terrific. What my wife did one year. What my wife did one year was she put him in the crèche with the baby Jesus and, and Mary and Joseph <laughs> and all that. And he he was one of the he was one of the guys.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. That is a way way fun story. Very yeah. very so, cool.
1: So this is this is these are our Christmas traditions and in, in in our family. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much,
0: Robert. This has been awesome. Again, Robert so, Perot, Franco American <laughs> life and culture, Manchester, New Hampshire. Vive la différence. Thank you so much for joining us. This was great all
1: right
2: terrific now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair to think that everything they love we simply do not share but the spirit never dies our culture will survive each of us must choose how much to keep alive
0: each of us must
2: choose how much to keep alive